Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back to all of my incredible returning listeners and a very warm welcome to those of you who are new to the Sovereign Soul family. I really hope that you enjoy the way that I present various topics on this channel and are able to walk away with valuable and practical pieces of information with each and every episode. This episode is brought to you by the one and only Expansive Journal, which is a journal that I specifically created to help those of you on a journey of personal development and self-discovery. Expansive not only includes focused journal prompts that really help you to evaluate the way in which you show up in life, but it also includes customized affirmations along with seasonal guides that outline various practices to help nurture the body, mind, and soul during each of the four seasons. And for those of you who are interested, all the links for where to get yourself a hardcover or paperback copy of Expansive will be in the show notes. And to everyone who has already purchased a copy, I really hope that you're enjoying working your way through it. Now, in our last episode, we covered the impact that our social circle has on our physical, mental, and emotional health. And in that episode, I mentioned that one of the most important decisions that any of us makes in life is who we choose as a life partner. So I figured we might as well continue with this theme of relationships and take a closer look at how our most intimate relationships impact our well-being. And just to put things into perspective, a few episodes back, I mentioned how on my clinical intake form, there's a section that asks patients to list the most stressful events in their lives. And without question, the most impactful and common life stressor that people list is either a divorce or a breakup. Now, this loss is something so significant that it has the power to completely change how some people show up in future relationships, who they choose as a partner, and most importantly, how they view themselves and their overall experience with life. And there are actually a few reasons why this particular type of loss carries so much weight and power in people's lives. And one of the, those reasons is that this level of loss often triggers our most deeply rooted core wounds of either abandonment, rejection, or betrayal, which I discuss in episodes 44 and 45. So feel free to either re-listen or check out those episodes as well. Another reason is that these types of relationships are often very closely linked with our sense of identity and more specifically our ego identity. And they're also very closely linked to our level of self-acceptance and self-love. And another reason why loss within a romantic relationship is so challenging for a lot of people is because most people spend an entire lifetime searching for a life partner and they make this goal a foundational piece of their lives. So when we experience loss within a relationship, it quite literally threatens our existence because these dynamics often bring to the surface the less integrated parts of us that we ourselves have perhaps rejected. And in turn, we interpret a loss at this level to mean that the most vulnerable parts of us were rejected. 
So a loss of a relationship for some translates into not being loved, not being accepted, not being seen, being taken for granted, or failing at something, which are all incredibly painful interpretations of an already painful experience. So you can see just with these few examples, why loss within a romantic relationship can feel so devastating for so many people. And since these romantic relationships are such an important life decision, I want to spend some time covering a few reasons why people end up in dynamics that not only don't serve them, but end up causing a lot of grief and heartache long-term. So if we were to dissect the evolution of relationships over time, most people often look at relationships as their ticket to the next thing in life. And with that comes a set of requirements that every person is looking to fulfill. So for example, if your dream is to live a comfortable life, you most likely will pursue a partner that can help you achieve this goal. Or if your goal is to travel the world or have a life companion, you will look for these qualities in another person. So we create a story in our minds of what we want out of a relationship. And then we try to find someone who will fit this imaginary role that we've created in our minds. Now, a more subconsciously rooted reason why some people seek relationships is because instead of accepting the parts of themselves that they feel are the not so lovable parts, they turn that power over to someone else. And in an attempt to prove to themselves that they are lovable, they look for others to love them back and use that as a form of validation and self-acceptance. And because of this need for acceptance, what ends up happening most of the time is that people are so preoccupied with being chosen by another person. They spend most of their time in their head thinking about whether they are doing and saying all of the right things and end up completely disregarding some potential red flags that are present almost immediately. And I'm sure most of you can reflect back to a point in time where you knew that a certain relationship just felt off from the very beginning, but you perhaps may have chosen to look past that. And eventually those very things that you saw in the beginning stages as potential red flags became more and more apparent to the point where they may have ended up being the cause of the eventual end of the relationship. Now, going back to this idea with our preoccupation with doing and saying the right things, this type of mindset doesn't allow us to be present and feel into the overall vibe of the dynamic. Instead, what we end up doing is looking at both ourselves and the other person as a checklist of qualities. And of course we should all have standards, but standards should be the initial filtering process. So when you have determined that you would like to explore things further with someone who on the surface meets your core values, you can then be present with the experience of being with them and ask yourself, how do I feel when I'm around this person? And the key here is that you have established coherence between the head and the heart in order to be fully present and honest with your own feelings and emotions. So when this happens, you can discern who is an energetic match on a deeper level than just what you see physically. And just to show the importance of this type of mindset, we can use the analogy of seeking a job. So let's say, and maybe some of you have already been in this position, but let's say you're going out and you're looking for a job. And in one scenario, you're very desperate to find a job. 
and you are approaching it from a situation of lack, thinking that you might not find anything else. So on the, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, I hope they pick me. I hope they choose me. And you end up kind of molding yourself to be that perfect candidate for the position that you're applying for instead now. And I, I don't know if any of you can relate to this. Imagine going into a job interview seeking a new position, but from a position of comfort, you're not necessarily desperate for it. Your situation that you're currently in is pretty comfortable, but you're just exploring your options to see what's out there for you. And in that type of a dynamic, you'll go in and instead of trying to sell yourself, you're assessing to see if that position is best for you. So you'll ask all the right questions. You'll really be able to get a vibe for whether or not it fits what you're looking for in the short and long term. And you end up holding your authenticity intact because you don't have to change yourself to be chosen with someone. And if we apply this to relationships, when we are true to ourselves and are expressing ourselves from our most authentic place, we are giving ourselves the chance to be loved and accepted for who we truly are and not this facade that we've created for another person. So when it comes to our intimate relationships, a huge setback of our society is that we don't have enough examples of healthy love. So as a result of this, most people are confusing common with healthy and settling for something that was never normal to begin with and accepting that as the way that it's supposed to be for everyone. Now, what do I mean by this? Imagine you're born into a community where the accepted norm is that every morning when you wake up, you have to slap your neighbor across the face. So you accept this as the way that things are until you move to a new community and you see how this new community, instead of slapping one another, actually hug each other. And it's in that moment that you realize what you were exposed to was, was only accepted as normal because it was common. So up until the point we are exposed to unhealthy standards of relationships, most people can't do better if they don't know better. So when it comes to relationships, most people keep their standards low based on what others have settled for around them. And something else that perpetuates this is that a lot of people are deeply afraid of missing out on something or being alone, that they Don't take the time to contemplate questions like, is this person actually right for me? Am I right for this person? Are our lifestyles and beliefs aligned? Are our families aligned? Are we strong enough as individuals to face both the expected and unexpected challenges of life? Is this relationship serving me or in alignment with my highest path? So instead of reflecting on these questions, What we see happening most often is people are constantly trying out life with various people. And if you remember back to my episode on trauma bonds, a lot of people are walking through life with unaddressed and unacknowledged pain. And as they step into a relationship with the mindset of let's see where this goes, they end up forming a bond that is based in trauma. And then they label this attachment as love. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because a lot of these relationships that are based in lack or fear are often not in alignment with our highest potential. So what happens to both people is that they end up limiting one another's evolution because of this misalignment of energy. And so they fall into a routine and pattern that keeps them going around and around instead of ascending higher together as a couple. And something else that happens quite often is that 
If, for example, you are with the wrong person, in order for the two of you to coexist, you need to find energetic harmony within the dynamic, which often shows up as one person subconsciously lowering their frequency to meet the other person where they're at. So this is where you see someone who's generally doing pretty well for themselves completely change within a relationship where they might become, let's say, lazier or less enthusiastic about life because they end up choosing a partner that is potentially trapped in negative habits and behaviors and isn't necessarily an energetic match for this person. And something else that happens is that this relationship that is out of alignment impacts not only the couple, but it also has a ripple effect onto the lives of others, including their families and any potential future children. Now, if we compare this type of a situation to two people who are an energetic match and in alignment with one another, this is where there's this constant state of growth taking place, where there is a true sense of joy and fulfillment within the dynamic. Because something that is in alignment with you will only help you to grow further into the person that you're meant to be. It won't come in and stop your growth. Now, keep in mind, on a deep soul level, every single one of us knows who is or isn't right for us. The trouble is that this inner knowing is often bogged down by so much external noise and a lack of self-trust. And on the same note, I mentioned this in my episode on alignment as well, being an energetic match with someone or something doesn't mean that there will be no struggles. What we need to remember is that in particular, when it comes to relationship relationships, every single one of the relationships that we encounter in life serve as a mirror that reflect back the part to us, the parts of us that require healing. And the key difference between a healthy versus unhealthy bond is that in a toxic bond, you will be constantly experiencing suffering and pain and a feeling of being trapped versus in a healthy connection. When challenges arise, you still at the core of it all feel safe, understood and supported in your growth. And that's where true healing can really take place. And to build on this point further from the perspective of physiology, the wrong relationship dynamics end up creating this roller coaster of stress and drama within our lives. And that keeps a lot of people in this constant state of fight or flight. And what's really harmful about being in unhealthy, intimate relationships, especially if you live with one another, is that it makes you feel unsafe in your own home, which is the one place where a lot of us are supposed to get that sense of peace, safety, and where we go to often find solace. So if you are in this constant state of fight or flight, the more commonly recognized stress hormone cortisol in particular will shift cellular processes away from long-term metabolic processes towards survival and homeostasis. So we have a suppression of catabolic and immune function and your body is primarily focused on addressing what it sees as a stressor. And as a result, you might feel like you're constantly getting sick, that it's impacting your sex hormones, your thyroid function, your digestion, your mental health, and most importantly, from a spiritual perspective, an unhealthy intimate relationship quite literally drains your life force, which can accelerate the aging process. So not only from the perspective of spirituality, but also from this physiological perspective, this is why some people who are 
happy and single have this youthfulness to them while others within a relationship that's not so healthy look like they're exponentially aging because our health can be quite literally reflective of the health of the most primary relationships that we're involved in. And at this point, you might all be wondering if there's all of these negative physiological and mental and emotional effects, why do people stay? Well, everyone has their own reasons for staying and there's so much. We can dedicate an entire episode to that, but most often people stay in unhealthy dynamics due to this deeply rooted fear and false sense of hope. Because what you keep on hanging on to is this hope that things will change or you hold on to the potential that the other person or the relationship has. You hold on to the good moments that existed within the dynamic. And what happens over time is that you begin to accept your situation as normal and lower your standards by saying things like, it can't always be perfect. And you become more and more willing to compromise your boundaries for the potential of what the relationship can become. So now toxicity becomes your new standard. And instead of being in meaningful and mutually fulfilling relationships, you take on the role of your partner's parent or their healer. And you end up robbing yourself from experiencing soul deep love because your position has now changed. You're no longer in an equally and mutually loving partnership you have taken on a completely different role within the dynamic. And in these unhealthy dynamics, you cannot expect yourself to thrive because all you are doing is trying to survive by constantly reacting or trying to protect yourself from the damage that this relationship is causing. Now let's take a moment to talk about what is happening biochemically in the body when we form relationships with others. So from the moment that we are born, we are bonding with our parents, with our families, with our friends, and most importantly, given the level of intimacy that is involved, we eventually in later stages of our lives, we're bonding with our romantic partners. And in romantic relationships, we form emotional and psychological attachments referred to as pair bonding. And this is where we begin to build trust, commitment, and the desire for more physical and emotional intimacy with our partners. And the state of this bond contributes to the level of stability and satisfaction that we experience in our relationship. And there is a huge release of chemicals in the brain that supports both the forming and maintaining of these social bonds, including oxytocin, endogenous opioids, vasopressin, corticotropin releasing hormone, and various other neuropeptides. Now, oxytocin in particular plays an important role in our development of our capacity to form these social bonds. And what complicates romantic relationships in particular is that there's this added layer of sexual intimacy. So now we have this whole new level of neurochemical release, which for some people can quite literally feel like an addiction or an obsession with even a toxic relationship. And just like any addiction, you don't go back because you know it's good for you. You go back because of the temporary good feeling that it gives you, even if that feeling is not founded in anything solid or makes you feel significantly worse afterwards. And if we look at all of this from the perspective of spirituality, any relationship that we encounter in life involves an energetic exchange, but it's a significantly deeper 
and more impactful exchange with this added layer of physical intimacy. So a lot of people unknowingly take on the traumas and wounds of people that they are sexually intimate with. So what could end up happening is that you carry someone else's energy for years to the point where you no longer can separate yourself from that. And it becomes your burden, which it was never meant to be yours to carry. So throughout human existence, relationships have been a central focal point for many people. But what has changed over time is the path that we take towards these relationships, along with how we experience and communicate challenges within relationships as well. So traditionally, being in a committed relationship was the primary goal of a lot of people's lives, where men and women were prepared for marriage with the goal of making it work. And there was a high degree of value placed on forming and maintaining a family. And because of this, there was lots of involvement from immediate and extended family to select the quote unquote right person, because that ensured the continuation of the family line. So it was built on the foundation of community versus what we see happening most often nowadays is people prefer to very gradually ease their way into a long-term relationship by trying out various short-term relationships with the focus being individualism. So there's a lot of focus on personal satisfaction and development instead of what serves the greater whole. And we can go on and on comparing old versus new, but I believe if we were to find harmony between the, the two extremes, a very beautiful formula could be created where there is a collective emphasis on personal development and autonomy mixed with honoring the experiences and values of the elders of the community. But that can only happen if there is mutual trust, respect, and healing among the generations because extremes on either side don't really serve anyone. Now, with all of this in mind, I want to use the last portion of today's episode to cover some ways in which we can begin to recognize and step into long-lasting and healthy, intimate relationships. So the first step is a commitment to self. So this involves a lifelong commitment to personal healing and growth, which all starts with introspection so that you can begin to uncover every aspect that makes you whole, including the parts of you that you've hidden away. And this entire podcast and my journal are dedicated to this very point. So if you've been following along since the beginning, you're already on the journey of self-discovery and in committing to yourself, you can then truly understand what it means to fully commit to another person. The next step, once you have established this commitment is to cultivate self-respect. So something that I feel is severely lacking in modern relationships is respect for both ourselves and our partners. And if we take a closer look around, this idea of glorified independence has led to a lot of people developing a grand idea of themselves, which leads to this constant pattern of pushing others away or being combative or defensive in the face of conflict instead of approaching challenges with respect and dignity. And the significance of developing self-respect is that you aren't willing to settle for less than you deserve out of fear of ending up alone. Next, you need to get very, very clear on what your core values are and not only what you are looking for in a partner, but why, 
Why are these qualities important for you? And once you have that figured out, the important part here is to open yourself up to different ways in which these qualities can manifest. Because we, we often hear things like opposites attract. And I find this fits best in terms of different sides of the same coin. So for example, if both of you have an appreciation for beauty, that's, let's say that's a core value. One may express this as an appreciation for quality food and clothing, while the other has an appreciation for arts and nature. So the essence is the same, but it manifests differently. So that's where that kind of opposing, um, concept comes from. But because most people don't take time to know themselves well enough, they often miss these commonalities and only see differences when they meet other people. Now, another really great way to step into harmonious future relationships. I hear a lot of people talking about writing lists and qualities, which are very important if that's what you're into. But what I think is extra important (laughs) is that when you write a list of qualities that you want in another person, you must first become those things. If you want someone who is hardworking, for example, but you yourself don't embody that quality, that's something that is based in lack. So the concern here is that you may draw in this quality because it's something that you want, but it can very easily go unappreciated or undervalued. So you need to become an energetic match for the core qualities you want to attract. And once you've done that, open yourself up to receive what's meant for you in the way that it's meant to manifest for you, because something even as powerful as love cannot penetrate your spirit if you aren't receptive to it. So if you want to experience the purest form of love in existence, you first need to match the frequency of that very thing that you desire. And then next, open your heart up wide to allow love and union to both pour in and then radiate out of you effortlessly. So there's this beautiful dance and equal exchange of give and take. The next step is to learn to trust your inner knowing. I mentioned earlier on the episode, every single one of us knows who is or isn't right for us. But the trouble is that we don't trust ourselves enough to listen. And so with this trust also comes the trust and belief that People come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. So we need to also trust the way that life unfolds for us and recognize that everything is happening for us and not to us. And the final note that I want to cover is that when you end up with someone and you've established all of these various points that we covered in terms of commitment to self and self-respect, the final kind of important point that I think would wrap up this episode really nicely is to have established a commitment to love. So the energy of true love is both healing and creative in nature. So when love flourishes between two individuals, it should then be a conscious effort for both parties to nourish this light between them. So both of you need to put in effort to care for the flame that you share and learn how to keep the peace, communicate honestly and openly. Don't place expectations on your partner. Love them the way that they are because that's how you chose them in the first place. So there isn't, in my opinion, there isn't one big killer of relationships. A relationship dynamic is multifaceted. And so you need to work with the flow of the dynamic instead of going against it. So your relationship is an energetic byproduct 
that you have created together and you need to both take time to nurture this energy that you share. And this is why with the right person, you literally create magic because your energy is a beautiful harmony. There, nothing has to be forced. There is this mutual attraction, magnetic draw, mutual love, mutual affection, and a commitment to both self and the relationship. And with that, let's move right into this week's episode prompts that we've brought back. And what I've done for this episode is broken the prompts down into two categories. So the first category are kind of the prerequisite questions. And then the second category is for those of you who are in a relationship and want to reflect on further questions, but feel free to apply these two scenarios of the past um, if you like as well. So as always, feel free to pause in between prompts if you need to just jot down your thoughts or all the list of the questions and then go back and revisit them at a future date. So prompt number one is what role do my fears and insecurities play in my relationships and how have they impacted my previous relationships? Prompt number two, what are my unhealthy habits or traits? And prompt number three, What actions from another person make me feel seen? And the next batch of prompts that are more relevant for a current relationship go as follows. Prompt number one is, in my current relationship, am I truly fulfilled or just filling a void? Prompt number two, am I only in love with my partner's good qualities, potential, or the idea of them, or do I love them as a whole person? All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul Podcast, and a special thank you to all of you beautiful souls who return each and every episode, regardless of how long it takes me to share a topic with you, but I really do hope that you enjoyed this week's topic and that there were many eye-opening and soul-stirring points that you can reflect on as you move on from today's episode and carry these points on throughout the rest of your day or your week. And as always, feel free to share this episode with anyone in your family or friend circle that you think might strongly resonate with the messages that we discussed in, in today's topic. And as always, I wish you guys a beautiful rest of your week, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you in a future episode.